And I've said to the in the morning service and the prayer meeting, it, well, these are dovetailing together, we're preaching on the Word of God, how to know God in the morning service. We've looked at in two sermons on that, knowing God through the Word of God, and happens to be that we're looking at the sword of the Spirit that's given to us as part of the armour in Ephesians. And <clears throat> we've looked one, or maybe two evenings at this, and we're looking at some of the things that the Word of God is likened to. Last week we looked at God's Word as an anchor. With all that's going on in the world, we need an anchor. <laughs> and that song we sing, Does Your Anchor Hold? is true. Do you doubt it sometimes? You know, this is, is this real? Is this going to happen? I pray that when those doubts come, the Word comes and dispels them. The meat Strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised, getting to the meat of the word. The pearl in Matthew 7, 6, and so <clears throat> don't cast your pearls before swine. And we looked at bread, and there's a real likeness and type in the Old Testament of the manna that we come from there. In Exodus 16 and Numbers 11, the manna. And um, it is sad. And, and it just so aptly reminds us of today in society and churches. We loathe this light bread. That's what they said of it in, in Exodus and Numbers. We loathe angels' food. We loathe the preaching of the word. And so what has happened in churches today? Shorten the sermon, lengthen the entertainment. And that's not what God wants. He wants the word preached. Um, <clears throat> feed the sheep. Feed the sheep. Feed the sheep. <laughs> that's like the Lord said to Peter, you know, when he was he's really the last thing to Peter. You've betrayed me by a fire. You're brought back into fellowship in the... Um, by fire fire with the food cooked on it and feed my sheep I think it really it, it makes for an occasion like in Peter's life that you don't he wouldn't have forgot food cooked it's the Lord said John <laughs> food was ready to go talk about feeding the sheep it's all and it's all like that with the Lord knew what Peter needed feed the sheep honey is another thing the word of God is like likened to in Psalm 19 verse 10 Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And it's more than our necessary food, the word of God. So they are the ones we've looked at and we look on. We look to the next one tonight. And that's found in Psalm chapter 19 and verse 10. <clears throat> God's word is likened to... Let's pray as before we look at this next one. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the Word of God that it gives us light on the pathway, a sure and steady guide, a lamp unto our feet. And I pray, Lord, that we'd appreciate the Word, we'd meditate upon the Word as we discussed on Sunday. Lord, we'd read it, meditate upon it, memorize it, 
make it a part of our lives. For in so doing, it gives us wisdom, guidance and direction toward the celestial city on the narrow road. Bless each one that's here tonight with the word and those listening in as well. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 19 and verse 10, and this is where we were on Sunday. No, that was a Sunday before, wasn't it? We were in James on Sunday, but we looked at this one a couple of weeks ago, Sunday morning. More to be desired are they than gold. It's talking about the word of gold, God, likened to gold. And as we mentioned on the Sunday morning, if you knew there was a gully that had $5 million worth of gold in and all you had to do was dig five feet deep and up the gully and a length of this block, you could do that in a lifetime with a shovel and you'd, you could be totally employed. You know, you, I, was, I was figuring it out today, if you earn $80,000 a year and you work for 40 years, uh, that, would, that would be more than, I mean, just out of the blue, $5 million. And you'd only have to find an ounce and a... 1.2 ounces a week. That's not a whole lot of weight. And you can, you know, be your own boss. <laughs> but you, we look around Beechworth. We look around Yakandanda. And it's, it's, it looks like they've found it all and they're gone. The Chinese have gone. <laughs> they've taken it. <laughs> I remember on the Yakandanda River Flats, they're halfway out to Yakandanda on the left. I was putting a dam in where the hill come down into the flats. And the person wanted to want it here and I wanted this big. I only had to put two banks and join up with the hill that curved. And I was digging away and I almost finished. Got the bank up about 15 foot. And I just digged, dug a little bit deeper and then all this topsoil turned up. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> and I was a good eight foot deep at least that I dug. Where's this? And most of the clay in that whole job was a motley looking, hadn't seen it before. And then I found topsoil. I thought, I've got to dig right down below all that and under the bank again that I just built to redo it all in clay so it holds water. But what had been, they'd been looking for gold all up through them hills around Yakandanda and they'd sluiced it. And that all those flats are about eight foot deeper than, I mean, thicker with dirt than they used to have been, all just running. They didn't care about, um, what do you call it, pollution or um, greenies. There was none around. They just dug it and it all washed down in the gullies. And that's what it was, the evidence there. They were desperate to find gold rush, all digging for gold. Look, if we want gold, where do we need to look? In the word of God. This is the, the truth. This is better than, God, better than fine gold. It says in a, another portion of scripture, more to be desired they are than gold, they are than much fine gold. In Psalm 119, verse 127, Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Love the word of God, and I know we emphasised that a couple of weeks ago. Above the treasures of this world. And anything that gold can buy. What is gold worth now? 1,300 an ounce? I think it's about that, is it? Anyone got gold? No, don't tell me. <laughs> It'll be in the bank anyway, but it, it, it was, I know, one people talking about the stock market crashing many years ago, and hey, we're buying gold, and they were a rich family. I'm from South Australia. And they, <laughs> and they, 
they sold a lot of what they had and they put it all in gold and it was up to $1,650 an ounce. And then it went down to $1,200. I thought, oh, I won't tell anyone on them. <laughs> but, hey, anything that gold can buy, this is what it's saying. Anything in this world is not worth what the scriptures are worth. We've got a precious treasure in the word of God and we need to appreciate that. When everyone is going away from it, let's go into it. Let's go, if everyone is going to Melbourne to work, let's go out of Melbourne to work. <laughs> the traffic's not as busy. You see, and if everybody's going into materialism, which is our day, let's go the other way. Because usually the majority are not right in decisions they make. So treasure the word of God. People don't like it, you love it. Christians, appreciate it. In fact, if you love the word, who are you really loving? The Lord. Isn't that true? Um, the next likeness of the word of God. Let's go to John chapter six, uh, 3 and verse 5. John 3 and verse 5. Yeah, and um, maybe this is more of an application and interpretation. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And some say the water there means physical birth and the other spiritual. Others say born of the word of God, born of water. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the water, if the, the word, if it's this one, likens the word to the water. And other scriptures, it probably makes it plainer. If you go to chapter 4 and verse 14 of the Gospel of John. But whosoever drink, drinketh of the water that I shall give him, and it wasn't a cup of cold water, it was the word that Jesus was speaking, was it not? Shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. In the Old Testament, the, the prophets told Israel that they're drinking a broken cisterns. Broken cisterns. What, what did that mean? They were drinking of things that didn't satisfy. And Jesus is saying the same thing here. You give, drink of this water that I give you to the Samaritan woman and you'll never thirst. And, and what is she thinking? Oh, that's the water I want. Give me that. And so I don't have to come back this well. No, it's spiritual water as he revealed to her. And so the water of the word of God. <clears throat> Ephesians 5.26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word of God. And in Exodus chapter 17 verses 1 to 7, like the manna, Moses was told as they were in the wilderness and they were complaining about being thirsty, the Lord told him to do what? Smite the rock and the water will come out. And it's certainly a type of the Lord Jesus Christ smitten for us the water gushed out. And the second time he did it in anger, and it said the water gushed out, gushed out like rivers. And as I've said before, when you think of a two million people, and if you had a hundred litres per person, which the drought places, that's what they're limited to, to wash, shower, drink and everything else, a hundred litres per... And some are going down below that, unless it rained there. And you've got 200 million, I mean, sorry, 2 million people, you multiply that by 100, 
you've got a lot of water. <laughs> Whatever that equals. How many megs is that? <laughs> I didn't write it down. <laughs> so <laughs> you've got a two, yeah, a 200 megs, isn't it? That, I know what a, so a, a dam is 800 megs or 80 megs, and it was, that's a lot of water. <laughs> That's not just a little trickle from a tap in a, in a rock. You think they go and get their buckets. No, that's gushed out. When Jesus provided his way of salvation and the payment for our sins, the water gushed out for the saving of many, many souls. It's enough. How, how, much, how much can the blood of Christ and the water of the word, how many people can it save? You sure? Yes, yeah, good. All. He provided for all the salvation. And everyone who don't, does not believe is guilty of rejecting the way of God. The water of the word of God. Let's drink it. Let's bathe in it. Let's wash. Let's be cleansed by it as with the blood. <clears throat> now, a favorite one and the one we've left from to come into our study of the word is the sword. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Can you think of another verse that speaks of the Word of God as a sword? There's a very prominent one. Sharp. Yep, that's Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so that's what it does, and we covered that in our morning service, piercing even to the dividing asunder. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 1 and 2, it talks about Messiah as a sharp sword to the Gentiles. So there in the Old Testament, it's pictured as well. And these writers of the New Testament, inspired by the Spirit of God as they were writing these things down, these things were flooding through their minds and hearts, and I'm sure the Spirit was having them think about the things that they'd looked at in their, their Bible, the Old Testament. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 15, it says, When the Lord Jesus comes from heaven with the armies of heaven following him what comes out of his mouth the sword now <clears throat> I believe it's the word <laughs> the word, the sword, the spirit uh, the sword of the spirit comes out and he, he just announces their destruction they have no weapon that can fight against him because they're obliterated all the enemies are obliterated and the ones that believe are still alive they, that's the Lord. They think they have some weapons to fight against him. Russia, China, America, whoever, that won't work. Bring the Lord into the, into the battle and he wins without, without any injuries, without any casualties to his army. And so the sword of the spirit, just the spoken word, the spoken word back in the book of Genesis... We go to the next one now, and First uh, Peter, chapter one, verse twenty-three. First Peter one twenty-three. 
Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. What is it likened to? Seed. Seed. (laughs) What do you do with seeds? Plant them. (laughs) Plant the seed. We are talking about this. I was talking to, actually, Andrew just an hour ago about, just, Andrew... Be encouraged. Plant the seed. Keep planting the seed. What does it say? Apollos, was it Paul planted and Apollos watered or the other way around? But then it says, God gave the increase. Plant the seed. Can you think of something else in the scripture that talks about the word of God being the seed? The parable. The four types of ground. And the seed, in, in Matthew it doesn't say the seed is the word of God, you pick it up. But in Luke it does say the seed is the word of God. Plant the word of God. <clears throat> it's, um, and I got up this morning when I usually wake up and got up and did about two hours just writing a, a couple of a paper on this. Not, not because it was in the sermon here, but just for Andrew to be an encouragement and we are, Ephesians 1, 4, chosen in him before the foundation of the world. We are elected according to the foreknowledge of God. God knew we'd get saved when we heard the message. He could elect us, couldn't he? I think it's pretty simple. <laughs> and uh, so therefore, if we're elected before the foundation of the world, chosen and all that, why do we have church why preach the gospel? Why send missionaries out? Why give tracts to people? Why witness to anybody? This is the sort of thinking that's coming through and they're pushing on, trying to push on Andrew about, well, I'll get into that in a minute, but why? Where? Matthew 28. Go ye into? all the world preach the gospel Acts chapter 1 verse 8 Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria the outermost parts of the world Uh, you have been given the ministry of reconciliation we've got a command to go because you see God could elect us because he knew when we heard the message ah somebody had to sow the message for you to hear the word and it says how shall they hear without a preacher Romans chapter 10 you've got to send people You've got to tell people we've got to go because people don't... You've got to sow the seed even though God has sort of got it all worked out before but it's up to the choice of a man and his free will to believe. Now, what if we take it a step further and say this is what has been said. Well, 144,000, they're all sealed. They're sealed of God. What business have we to do with that? Okay, we won't be here, the church is gone, they are saved after we're gone. But don't you think the word of God needs to be sowed, sown, in their heart, somewhere along the line? Yes, they're in the Old Testament, they're studying it, they won't look at the New Testament, in their yeshiva, in their places. And I said to Andrew, keep sowing the seed. He's not only sowing it to the people that could be that way, but he's sowing it to all the public. Sowing it to people in the near future who two-thirds of them are going to die. It says it in the book of Ezekiel. 
two-thirds of them are going to die over there when Russia comes down and invades. We need someone to sow the seed. And, and besides that, it says in the book of Romans and it says in the book of Ephesians, it says in the book of Acts, to the Jew first. And, and that's how the church started, to the Jew first it was. But I think we have a responsibility to give back to those that have given us all this, the word of God. Sow the seed and let God give the increase. And <clears throat> be encouraged, Andrew, if you're watching, <laughs> that you keep sowing the seed. Don't stop that. And I looked at all the other verses too where in the Old Testament they, and, and in Peter where they stumbled at the stumbling stone, the rock of offence, they stumbled. The Jews tripped up, flat on their face. And <clears throat> they wouldn't believe and the veil is over them. Paul said in Corinthians, a veil that is over them until this day. It's not taken away and it's not yet taken away. Keep sowing to see. <laughs> And do we give up with our relatives and friends when they don't listen the first time? No, what do we keep doing? In different ways, approaching them, cards for Christmas, messages, letters, birthdays, whatever, family gatherings where you sow the seed a little bit at a time, even if it's just your life and your testimony. But sow the seed, because the seed will germinate. It will not, the Lord said, will not return unto me void. It'll have an effect. So <clears throat> I don't think it's wrong that Israel, I mean, <laughs> Andrew goes to Orthodox people, to others, because he needs to sow the seed. Somebody needs to tell them. It was like, and I'll put that in there too, Paul. When the light shone from heaven, it was just zap, you're saved. Is that what happened? No. Back. In Acts 9, Paul, or early in that Acts, when Stephen preached, Acts 7, wasn't it? When Stephen was preaching his sermon, who was standing there listening to Steve, Stephen preach and, 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 they, and got so mad? <laughs> he didn't pick up a rock, but he encouraged everyone else to pick up a rock and stone that man. Stone that man. <laughs> they stoned Stephen to death while he was preaching. Lay not this sin to their child. Who was listening? Who were just sowing the seed in Paul's heart? Stephen, through preaching. And others that, that I'm sure that others that Paul committed to prison and jail and execution ministered to him the gospel, sowed the seed. So that when that light shone, he said, Who art thou, Lord? <laughs> I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. And then the next phrase, it's hard for thee to kick against the goads. The seed's been sown, he's kicking against it. I don't want that, I don't want that. <laughs> but it was in his heart. You see, he was miraculously saved, but somebody had sowed the seed. And that's what we need to do. Anyway, I've preached that one, I can't preach it again. <laughs> it was just... I was, yeah, that bothers me that some people are saying, Andrew, you're wasting your time. That, that is upsetting, isn't it? Okay, the milk. In this 1 Peter 2, 2, 
Might have to rush the others. We spent our time on that one. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. What does a baby want when it's born? <laughs> milk. Give me a drink. <laughs> and we'll grow by it. And if they don't get the right nutrients in the milk, they won't grow. And if they don't drink the milk, they won't get to the point of eating the meat either. The milk of the word of God. First Peter 2.2. 2. Desire it. And <clears throat> the milk aspect of God's word is mentioned in 1 Corinthians 3.2. As well as Hebrews 5 verse 12 to 13 where they should have been on the meat and they're in the milk of the word. But start with the milk. You can get spiritual indigestion if you try too young to get into the meat. And if you can, you know when you can eat it, you know when the baby needs solids, crying all night and not got enough, give it some, well, meat, you know, some solids. <clears throat> it's like um, Brother Dave Bennett, he's in the old people's home over there. I said, what did you do for Christmas dinner? Did they have a dinner for you? Oh, yeah, they had a dinner. And my son came and had dinner with me. I said, where did he get his dinner? Oh, they bought it. They gave it to him. He said he had a lovely dinner. I said, what was yours like? Oh, pretty ordinary. <laughs> because they put it in a vitamizer and munch it all up. And his... his <laughs> you know, you can't taste the turkey or the gravy. It's all in one lot because he, he can't chew. You know, you get old. The grinders, <laughs> book of what is it? Is Ezekiel? Ecclesiastes. Yeah, Ecclesiastics. <laughs> you know, the grinders grow low, <laughs> and he, he he has to. He's <clears throat> but he still likes the meat of the word. <laughs> but you have to mash it up to to eat. I know what that's like. At times, I've had that happen too. But milk, mirror, mirror is the next one. James one twenty three. If any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, and we looked at this one on Sunday morning, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass, in a mirror. <clears throat> and we emphasize that. Look in the mirror of the word of God every morning. As you do your physical body, do that spiritually as well. The mirror of the word. We've looked at that one. The fire. Jeremiah. <clears throat> in Old Testament, Jeremiah 23. <clears throat> and verse 29 we read is not my word like a fire saith the Lord and like a hammer well just the, just the fire <laughs> is not my word like a fire and chapter 20 and verse 9 of Jeremiah as well we read there then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more of his name, in his name. But his word was in me, in my heart, like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. I could not refrain from speaking. I had to say something. The word of God was like a fire in his mouth. <laughs> we, you hear the phrase, you need to put a fire under his feet. Who do you say that about? Yeah, okay, get them moving. <laughs> get them moving. And we need the fire under our feet of the Lord's word to get us moving. Now, yeah, and, and it's used in torture thing, but that's not what I mean. It's the fire under our feet 
is the word of God in burning in our hearts, shut up in our bones. <coughs> the psalm, uh, oh, we'll, we'll move on from the fire to the lamp. Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a, and you should know this one, a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You see, if you're not, Christ, not a Christian in this world, you haven't got the word of God, you're walking in darkness. As Ephesians said, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. The word of God is a light, a lamp, and shows us the way. <clears throat> And Jesus declared himself to be the light, the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. And he tells us that we are a city set on a hill whose light cannot be hidden. And John 1 verses 4 to 9, I think the word light is used about five or six times there, speaking of the word of God as the light. And the last one was back in Jeremiah, where we were in 23 and verse 29, is not my word like a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer, like a hammer, that breaketh the rock in pieces. <laughs> and I was, for the first year of my first job, I was at a quarry, and they had the huge dump trucks, and they had these massive boulders from the quarry. They'd load it in, and they'd back up. They'd go in all day and night. And we lived at Emerald. We lived at Cockatoo, about 15 miles from the Crusher site. And you could hear, whoom, whoom, whoom. And what is that? <laughs> it was where I was working. And it was the, they dumped these huge rocks. And they had, it wasn't a hammer beating them, but it was a massive thick steel thing that would have been from, yeah, from over about the pole across where the dump trucks dro dropped it in. And it was a huge wedge shape, about 20 foot deep. And the rocks would drop in there. And this, the bottom of this one just, just move ever so little. And the, the two electric engines were massive. And all the belts. And that rock would fall in and it would go boom. And it would just move down a bit. Boom. Boom. And break the rock in pieces down to six, 2C, we call it, 6 inches. And all crushed up. The word of God can break the toughest of rocks. The word of God can break a stony heart. The word of God, he's the, he's the rock of ages, really. And he, it says in Matthew 21, 44, for those that will not believe and refuse to acknowledge the Lord and soften their hearts to the word that is given God will grind him to powder. There is no other way because of God's character. Wouldn't you rather submit and believe under grace than have the law and all the penalty of it for your breaking of it fall on you and the Lord fall on you and the, the hammer of the word of God and the pronouncement of depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, I never knew you into everlasting punishment. And so the hammer of the word of God, and you could go into the hammer and speak of that as it comes down on this world. Wouldn't it be great if a lot of people, a lot more people would just recognize the Lord?
before the hammer falls. You know, the old judge. He got a wood mallet like thing and he got that thing he beats onto. Judgment. And that's what's going to happen. Near. It's near. <laughs>